Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone with computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. So I'd, I'd say, you know, by... 2023 we should see we should start seeing uh growing adoption in the space so let's take it one step further kellen's year of 2024 when cannabis is federally legal is this considered mandatory is this regulated to the point where everyone has it instituted in their process and if not what percentage of the industry has adopted in-house qaqc I love this question, um, and it's it, it's really interesting, right? Because what does federal legalization look like? Is cannabis going to be regulated as medicine? Is it going to be regulated by the FDA? Because then, yeah, this shit is mandatory. Um, you, because it doesn't make any sense to establish a static on or off-site QAQC lab in a manufacturing operation anymore. So if it's regulated like nutraceuticals, then there's going to need to be a lot of it, but it doesn't have to be everywhere. And it doesn't have to be at every stage in the operation. If it's going to be regulated like it is in some states and not others, maybe this isn't mandatory and it's only the companies that are in tune enough with their business and their metrics that they see the efficiency gains and what that means for their their overall quality and brand position. Percentage number, percentage number of companies operating with internal QAQC. And then Kellen? In, in 2024? 2024. 12. 12%? 12%? Yikes. You don't think it's not going to be taken up that, that robustly? Well, I guess Kellen and I will be different. Kellen, I, 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 80% and not because of regulatory stance. I mean, I think that all of those are excellent points, but at the end of the day, I think it, there's a huge value add. Right? Being able to make those changes on the fly and see things on the, on, uh, in real time, if you will. And I think that as this race to the bottom continues in terms of pricing for this commodity, and it will become a commodity in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Companies are going to, they're going to do this whole street fight uh, for retail space and all these other things. Um, and then there's going to be kind of uh, a standard price for a product, right? Like you see, you go to the store and a six pack of beer is pretty standard across the board, whether it's Heineken or Coors, or there's a maybe a little price difference, but those little price differences, I think 
are going to be negligible to the to consumer the, to the consumer but also from a bit a business's bottom line i think that it companies it's companies are going to implement this because they're going to be trying to pinch pennies and get that extra percent profit margins all over the board and this is something that provides that advantage over everyone else in yeah. a space to hit certain numbers and increase your margins you know so yeah absolutely i agree with I agree with everything you've said. Uh, I guess I, my, my number came from a little bit more of a pragmatist standpoint and con con convincing people to take on new technologies isn't always the easiest thing. And I also think between now and 2024, there will be a whole lot of new companies joining the fray. They might not be here in 2026, but between now and 2024, I think there will be a lot of additional new companies spinning up. So while Optimist Brian thinks 80% is spot on, Realistic Brian thinks closer to 65%. I think people will adopt the technology slowly. And once they adopt it, they'll be loyalists because from a, oh, yeah. from a numeric standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. If you're saving money by purchasing this equipment and it pays for itself between six and 12 months, everything after 12 is profit. And yeah. that's a huge, huge value add for some of these companies, knowing that they're adhering to a high quality standards that they know when they produce a product is keeping the consumer safe because at the end of the day, a recall is detrimental and it can kill you. And if that's where they're operating with the risk of the unknown and they can alleviate that by implementing real-time sensors, it's a no-brainer. The hardest part is going to be the early adoption, as always, with new technology. But with the expectation that these big MSOs are really exploding fast, the one thing that they can look to do is implement yeah. other, other industry technology. And it, it's not like sensors are, are new technology, per se. It's not like they're automated AI with all these other new technologies, it's a tried and true piece yeah. of hardware. Even even the automated AI aspects with this process technology isn't brand new. They've been working on machine learning for, for these kinds of measurements for at least half a decade. Uh, so it's, it's really, the technology is ready Definitely. and it's just going to take the first few people to really see see the advantages and prove out the financial advantages uh, in this space. But it's, I, I mean, you're Should absolutely right. Should you just shout right. out Cureleaf right now? Should you just say it? Hey, Cureleaf, we're ready for you. Oh, Cureleaf. Not, not uh, all the others? I, f I figured if we were going to start on East Coast Love, they'd be a good one to start with. Yeah, I wanna, maybe I should call out acreage too. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, Ev, for for the people in the industry that are intrigued, they want to know more, they're interested in figuring out how to put together a first step. Where would you tell them to to reach you? How can they get in touch with you? Um, I can be reached at evan.friedman at helma.com. I'm sure that uh, we'll include that in the notes on the post. Um, I, you can find us at helma.com um, or 
I don't know, you can call us anytime. 516-939-0888. What about uh, Instagram? Do you guys have a social handle that they can go follow you guys on? No. <laughs> well, that was simple. I would say the <laughs> easiest way to get in touch with Evan back in our older life is just to close your ears at a trade, excuse me, close your eyes at a trade show and listen, <laughs> listen. and you will find him. <laughs> But now it's very hard to find him since he is not there. I have yet to, to leave New York since March. <laughs> well, when the world comes back to normal, they can all find you. They the can all shows. find me. I'm they at, a, I'm at the shows. Cool. I'm at the shows. I'm on the airwaves. You call me. I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody about almost anything. So Awesome. Yeah, we'll put oh, it all in the show notes and we'll break it down. Thanks for your time, Evan. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure being here. Awesome. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey, friends. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down. down.